Welcome to the Way Church Service at Greystone with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Good morning, Greystone. How's everybody doing this morning, okay? All right, let's get a big fat smile at everybody before we get started. God is good, amen? All right. I want to welcome everybody to the Way Church service at Greystone. I want to thank everyone for coming out this morning to get a portion of God's Word. First and foremost, I'd like to thank our risen Savior this morning, the Lord Jesus Christ. For making all this possible for us by going to the cross, shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and becoming the final sacrifice for our sins. So we can have a new life, eternal life, spiritual life, and a new purpose here on planet earth for all who believe in the one and only Son of God. We gather here to learn about our creator and find our purpose here and use it to glorify God and to serve our Lord and Savior and one another. Our goal, this ministry has a specific goal, and that is to grow spiritually and start to handle life God's way, not our way. God's word, which is the Bible, becomes the owner's manual to our lives. And we study it, learn it, read it, and apply it to see how God wants us to live, think, act, serve, and how to treat ourselves and others. Thank you, Jesus. Each part of his body is very precious to God. One body, many parts. We all need each other here to function properly. I want to personally welcome all of you to the way. We depend on God's grace, thank God of that, and not our own power to accomplish his will for our lives. And if you do have a cell phone, can you please silence it so it does not disturb this morning's service? And we will start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, humble, grateful, and teachable, Lord, as all of us love you, Lord. Thank you for giving us this beautiful day to gather together to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord, and to place your name above all names, even our own, as all of us fight to put you first in our lives, Lord. Thank you for getting us here safely, Lord. Thank you for all your generous provisions that you provide for us each and every day, Lord. Let us see you in everything, Lord, and I pray you take all the bitterness out of our hearts, Lord, this morning, and fill it with your unconditional love, Lord, so we can receive the message that the Spirit is trying to say to the church this morning. And I pray for all the nations that we unify by getting back to the roots of the Bible. We also say a special prayer for Alan Charles Vickers, who passed away to be with the Lord this week. We just hope and pray that the family's comforted by you, Lord, that you comfort their hearts, and also our sister Cheryl, Lord, that you comfort her and her family in the time of need, Lord. And as always, let everything we do this morning be led by your spirit, Lord, and not our flesh, and it's in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen and amen. Okay, we're going to stand. Brittany's going to come up and sing a song, and we are going to get started.
name above all names, king of all kings. What a beautiful day, what a beautiful song. The church looks beautiful this morning, amen? A beautiful voice. All right, I'm grateful to be here this morning. I'm glad to see everybody out here to get a portion of God's word. We are going to be using the black Bibles in the pews, so please help yourself to them. As as always, the Holy Spirit will be taken over this morning, so please prepare your hearts and your minds to receive the message that the Spirit is trying to say to the church this morning. Amen? All right, we're going to start in Romans chapter 8 this morning. Romans chapter 8. And she's got us at verse 38. We're going to back up a little bit to verse 31. Talk about nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. What a great scripture. Something to reassure us that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. The problem isn't God. His problem is us. We leave him. He doesn't leave us. Amen. That's okay. His tender-hearted mercies begin afresh every morning, and he loves us unconditionally. It never depended on our performance to get saved, and it never depends on it to stay saved. It's what we believe that keeps us there. Amen? All right, verse 31. Nothing can separate us from God's love. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us. Big amen there. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us, and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep. Now the Bible tells us these things, that nothing can ever separate us. Does he promise us that he's going to take away all the burdens and the pain? No, he's going to not, he doesn't promise that. He promised us that he's going to get us through them, amen? And nothing can ever separate us from that. We have to get taught the right thing so we don't walk away from him. Now look at verse 37. No, despite all these things... Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Now, we're all victories in Christ who loves us. That is not a feeling. It is a fact. We overcame sin and death through Jesus Christ. Amen? We are victorious. Do we always feel victorious? No. The Bible is not a feeling. The Bible is a fact. Okay? Jesus is truth. Amen? We have to go beyond our emotions and go by the facts of the Word of God to keep us and sustain us. And look at verse 38. And I am convinced, and I hope you are too this morning, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, 
Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell, can separate us from God's love. And those powers always try to do that. But it says nothing, and he means nothing, can ever separate us. Look at verse 39. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing at all in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed to us in Christ Jesus our Lord, or which is revealed to us in the word of God. Amen? That's worth an applause right there. Nothing could ever separate us to that. Amen? Jesus loves us unconditionally. We have nothing to fear. Fear is simply a lack of faith. And a lot of us have a lot of fears. But Jesus died to take away all our fears. All right, this morning we're going to continue with our message about waiting patiently on the Lord. Any impatient people in here this morning? <laughs> the Bible teaches us patience. Patience is the fruit of the Spirit. We are not born patient, as we all know. With few exceptions, I believe that one of the most difficult things we have to do in this life is to wait. We all understand what it means to wait because we all have to do it and all have done it. We have heard or seen confrontations and reactions of those who have not responded well to having to wait. We ourselves may be able to recall times or events in our lives where we have not responded well to waiting. Can I get an amen for that? While the responses to wait are varied, what is the proper Christian response? Is it flying into a rage? Or throwing a tantrum? Pacing back and forth? Or maybe even twiddling our fingers? <laughs> of course not. But all of us do it. For many, waiting is something that is tolerated. However, God has a greater purpose in our waiting. We will see that when we do it God's way, there is great value in waiting on the Lord and great reward. God is truly desiring to work out patience in our lives. But what is our part in all this? So we're going to describe some ways, okay? The first one we already talked about, we're going to go through it quickly, is number one, is acknowledging God's sovereign control of all things. We have to understand as a believer in Jesus Christ, God is in control of everything that happens in your life. And nothing, I mean absolutely nothing, can happen unless he gives permission for it to happen. Can I get any amen for this? And yet we still question God, why is this happening to me? Why are you doing this? We don't know why. God knows from the beginning to the end. We don't. He knows what's best for us. And he knows whatever he's putting us through right now is designed to make us like Jesus Christ. We can either grow from it or get bitter. Now, if we get bitter, we end up going backwards into the flesh. But if we get better, we start growing in our spiritual maturity and understanding that God has a plan for us and he's going to work it all out for good. Can I get an amen for that? Okay. In order to get good at waiting, okay, we first need to acknowledge that God is sovereign and nothing we are presently experiencing is outside of his eternal decree and direct oversight. Here's what the wise king says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Let's go there this morning. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Verse 13. All right, love to hit him pages turning. <laughs> if you want to get close to Jesus, you have to get into the Word of God. Verse 13. Accept the way God does things. For who can straighten what he has made crooked? Enjoy prosperity while you can. But when hard times strike, realize that both come from God. Remember that nothing is certain in this life. And if you've been around for a while in this world, you know it as well as I do. Things are not certain in life. Things change at any given time. Amen? We understand that nothing is servant. And it says that realize that he gives us the good times and he gives us the hard times. And they both come from God. Do we understand all this? No. But he's God and we're not. And he knows better than we do. Amen? And it's all designed for a purpose. Yes. Okay? Even our present predicaments is of the Lord. And we cannot straighten what God has made crooked. As much as we may want to fix this problem, we are first to wait upon the Lord by acknowledging his sovereign purpose in it. Okay? If it were up to us, we would make an even bigger mess of things. However, God will fix things in a much better way than we ever could. Sometimes the most difficult thing for us to do is nothing at all. Nothing except Wait upon the Lord. Can I get an amen for this? How many of us are getting good at this? <laughs> We're all a work in progress, ain't we? Certain things we could wait really good on, but certain things we're very, very impatient. All of us have that problem, and God knows it, and He knows that He's going to work it all out, and He's going to make us patient one way or another, because that is part of His plan for us. All right, the second thing we talked about is coming to terms with our dependence upon God. The second thing we have to understand, we have to depend on God. So he's not going to make everything perfect for us, because if it was, we wouldn't have to depend on him anymore, and we wouldn't be going to him anymore. So he has to make things in such a way that our dependence is totally on him. And I get an amen for this. Okay, connected to the doctrine of God's sovereignty is the co-reality of our complete dependence upon him for all things. Okay? It's natural for us to want to be individualists. We want the freedom and independence to do whatever we want to do. When, where, and how we want to do it. But the truth is, we are all dependent upon God, even in our next, for our next heartbeat. Do you realize God controls your blinking? He controls your breathing, everything. He can stop it in, in a New York second if he wanted to, amen? So thank God for every breath you take. Thank God for everything he does in your life, even for a hot shower, for a good meal. Believe me, we are blessed beyond measure in this country. Beyond more than we're willing to admit. Go with me to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Is everybody with me so far? 
What a beautiful day. What a beautiful day to hear the word of God. If you're ever going through a lot of things, okay, and you start to get frustrated, read the book of Job, okay, and you will get really grateful real quick. Job chapter 1, look at verse 21. Verse 21, he said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and all that, we all know that, right? When we get delivered as babies, we are naked. And he said, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had. So we have to understand, the Lord gives you everything that you have right now. Everything that you possess comes from the Lord, okay? And then he says, and the Lord has taken it away. And then he said, praise the name of the Lord. Now, if the Lord takes away something on you, are you mature enough to say, praise the Lord has taken it away, praise the name of Jesus, or do you gripe and complain that why did you take this from me when I liked it? Job had a beautiful family, a beautiful life, beautiful job, he had prosperity. God stripped him all of it. And he didn't curse him. Look what he said after this. In all of this, in verse 22, Job did not sin by blaming God. Now let me ask you this question, and I don't want you to answer it out loud. How many of us blame God for things that happen in our lives? Well, the Bible calls that a sin. In all this, Job did not sin by blaming God, okay? And as Job rightly confessed, it is the Lord who gives, and it is the Lord who takes it away. So you have to understand the principle. God gives us things, and he takes things from us. Why does God take things from us? Because it takes the things that he gives us, he takes them away because they take us away from him. So he takes them away from us. God does not want to take us away from anything from us. He wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to enjoy life down here. But he doesn't want that become, to become God. Okay? He wants us to put that in the proper place. God will never take anything away from us as long as we're willing not to put that first over him. If we try to put it first, he might take it away and he might not, or he might get you back on track. But then the whole thing is not to curse God or blame him because things will get worse to you, trust me, before they will get better. He will chasten his children. If you read the Old Testament, he loved them enough to put them into exile for 70 years. So don't think that God's love is not some wishy-washy... No. At the end of the whole book of Job, he didn't coddle Job and, and tell him anything. He said... Sit down, now i got some questions for you. God asked Job, where were you when I put this all together? Job said, I already said too much. I'm going to keep my mouth shut from now on. Because we can't figure out what God did. He sustains all of this. You go outside, you take a look at what he, what he created and what he's holding all together. If you think you know more than that, well, then you're in for a real ride of your life in this world, in this life. God created it. The good Lord gives it, and the good Lord takes it away. Whether you recognize it or not, it's all under his control. Everything in life. And when you can acknowledge that and accept it, he will bless you abundantly. 
And is always is, is a blessing always material? No, the blessing is inner. The blessing is with peace and understanding that whatever's going on in my life, God understands. He's with me. He's not going to leave me. And there's a purpose in it. If I just hold out there and wait and not complain about it, he will get me through it and get me through this season and give me a blessing for doing it. But we have to be patient and wait on him. But if we're not taught properly, we take matters into our own hands too many times and we end up making matters worse. And we end up going to the world for a solution instead of the word of God. That's why the whole goal of this ministry is to teach you the word of God and let you learn the word of God so you go to the Bible for your solution and not the world. Can I get an amen for this, Christians? That's why we're Christians. We come to God, a dependence on Jesus Christ every day. Thank you. Okay, our response to this reality should be to turn to the Lord in faith and wait upon Him. We are needy creatures. We are needy creatures. Tell me about it. We should not try to fix things on our own. But come to terms with our dependence upon our good and sovereign good God, Lord, and trust him to help us. Can I get a big amen for that? You don't have to go there, but I'm just going to read it quick. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So he's saying, don't depend on your knowledge and understanding, depend on his. And he will show you what's the right way to go. Can I get an amen for this? This is why we come to Jesus. Why do we need to get saved if there's nothing wrong with us? We're in the church because we are healing. We're sick from sin. Sin destroys us. And it makes us what? Miserable and depressed. And all these things that sin does to us. And that's why we have a Savior to take all that away from us. But yet we don't go to him. We go to the world for solutions and for comfort. And that's not, should not be. Okay, the next principle. Three, seeking spiritual strength from the Lord. See, the whole condition of the matter is spiritual. We have to understand spiritual growth is 99.9% .9 of the solution to all your problems. To understand God, understand his creation, understand yourself, and understand others is the solution to you being be able to be accept, accept, be accountable, right, and be aware. I call it AAA. Awareness, accountability, and acceptance. So accept where God has you. You're always accountable to God and to be aware of your surroundings that the devil is always at work trying to, what, trip you up and take you out of, away from God. Can I get an amen for this? We have to always put on the armor of God, which is the word of God. And if you don't want, if you don't want to read the Bible... Look, I read it for you. Go on the website. We have through the Bible in a year. And you get this beautiful voice that reads the whole Bible for you. All year long. Each and every day. So if you can't read, go, to the, go there and let the Bible talk to you. And the pastor will talk to you through that. Amen? So there's no reason why you can't listen to the Word of God. That is the solution to all of your problems. The Word of God. Does that gratify your flesh? No. It doesn't gratify what your flesh wants. It kills what your flesh wants. And it strengthens your spirit. Which is the whole problem. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. This flesh still wants what it wants. When it wants it. And sometimes God says, no, you can't have that. 
And guess what? He doesn't have to give you a reason why. Why? Because he's God and we're not. The Bible always says, who are you to question the way I made you? <laughs> Our helplessness becomes especially obvious during times of calamity, okay? In God alone do we find the strength to tread life's troubled waters. In the Psalms, we find the repository of prayers to God. Many of them ask God for help. For example, consider these passages and notice the relationship between waiting on God and finding strength in God. Please go with me to Psalms 33. I'm going to be in the book of Psalms for a few minutes this morning. Now, like I said before, I can put the big screen up there with all the scriptures up there for you so you don't have to go in the Bible yourself. But what good is that when the, when the screen's not there? And you're home alone reading the Word of God. You don't know where to go in the Bible. No, that could be taken from you. That book should be your main source of where you get the Word of God. Amen? This nation is full of, I want it comfortable. I want to be fed. I don't want to have to go in the Bible. I don't want to have to look. I want everything to be easy for me. So when did anything good ever come easy? That's true, right? Easy come, easy go. <laughs> right? You see, you hear it all the time. People hit the lottery, get millions of dollars. It came that easy and it went faster. It went even faster than it came. But there's people who built a dynasty that know how to use it and preserve it and keep it going. Amen? Easy come, easy go. When you work hard for something, it doesn't go away very easily. But when you get it easily, it goes easily. When you work and sweat for it, you keep it. Just like God's Word. You work and you sweat to get in that book. And you struggle with your flesh. It doesn't want you to get in there. But you get in there anyway. And then he says what? Now you're going to get relief. Because he's trying to crucify our flesh. Is what he's trying to do, which people do not like. People still want all this in heaven too. It doesn't work that way as a Christian. He doesn't want you to live in the flesh anymore. He wants you to live in the spirit. And that's something that the process of sanctification is very hard for some people because we're very stubborn and prideful. And I get amen for this, including myself. I don't know how many times God's been like to me, snap out of it, kid. You ain't got all the answers. Only I do. You ain't all that in a bag of chips. We think we have the solution to life's problems and we try to give other people a solution. We try to mold and shape people into our image instead of God's. One of me is enough. We don't need any more me's and we don't need any more you's. We need more Jesus's. That's what we need. Can I get an amen for this? So when you talk to somebody, you give them counsel, counsel them through the word of God, not through your knowledge. Psalm 33 verse 20. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice. For we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us. Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Now let me ask you this question. Do you put your hope in the Lord every day? 
Is he your help in your shield? Or is the ways of the world the help in your shield? He has to be. The word of God has to be your help in your shield. You have to get it through your head. Spiritual maturity is the solution to everything in life. Spiritual maturity. Understanding God's ways. Understanding yourself and your weaknesses. And understanding other people and their weaknesses. And understand the world and how it is made. And that we're all, all of us are in the same boat. All of us have the sin of Adam in us. None of us are any better than anyone else. Can I get an amen for this? We're all in the same boat in God's eyes. None of us are perfect. All of us are born with a sin nature. And how do I know that? Well, you get a little kid in here and you let him go free for a little while. And you tell me he's going to stop praying. No, the first thing he's going to do is run for the electrical socket and knock the flowers over. He already knows how to do the wrong thing. We have to teach them how to do the right thing. And it's the same thing for us adults. We know very well how to do the wrong thing. We have to be taught to do the right thing. How do I know that? Because Bible is our owner's manual. I'm going to give you that example again because how many of us try to put something together before we read the instruction book? Right? Gas grills, cell phones, whatever it might be. Then you put it together and it doesn't work properly. You say, what's going on? I thought I knew how to do it. I don't need these instructions. Then you try to flush the toilet and it runs all over the floor. Then you say, oh, what's this? Oh, the instruction book. Oh, I forgot to put the gasket in. Oh, that's what it was. So we make a mess, then we go back to the instructions to read it, and then we finally fix it. Well, what do you think it is with our lives? We go through our lives without the Word of God, without the Bible. We make a big mess of it. And God says, well, now I'm going to give you the solution. I'm going to send my Son into your life, the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to give you the Word of God, which is the instruction manual in your life. And if you follow these instructions... You will be put together properly. Amen. Everything will fall the way it's supposed to fall in your life. Amen. The Bible is the biggest antidepressant you can take. Because he loves us and he's never going to leave us nor forsake us. Can I get an amen for this? This is the solution. The owner's manual is the Bible. And how many Christians do not read the Bible? Or how many Christians have never read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation saying, oh, I know God. No, you do not know God until you read that book completely. And then he will show you and reveal himself to you completely. Nobody knows God except the God of the Bible. Amen? Once you understand him and you keep reading it, more will be revealed as you grow spiritually. And as long as this ministry goes, it's going to be the word of God that's taught from this pulpit, not my opinion. And it never will be up here. It's the word of God that which saves us. Nothing else. The solution is Jesus. And Jesus is the Word became flesh. So Jesus is the Word. Can I get an amen for this? Amen. All right. Go with me to Psalm 27 now. Since we're in Psalms, we'll get there. Get there quicker. We're starting to get warmed up now. This cup has water in it. This cup has a turbo shot with espresso. <laughs> so when I'm drinking this one, I'm getting lit up. So. Okay, here we go. I'm on fire now. <laughs> God is good, amen? 
If my voice can't keep you awake, get a don't get a coffee. Okay. Is everybody there? Psalm twenty-seven. Look at verse thirteen. King David. Yet I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Now, I just can't say it any better, but we have to be patient with God. He works all things together for good. We have to be patient. We live in a country, in a nation, that is so impatient. Everything's by the minute. God does not strengthen us spiritually by the minute. It says a day is like a thousand years to God. It takes time for us to transform and to change. We have to go easy on ourselves, okay, as we're in this growth process. We definitely have to go easy on others, okay, and we have to go easy on God and not make demands of Him because He's the one that He knows what's best for us. Listen, I've been growing spiritually for a long time, and how many times I get up in the morning, I don't want to be spiritual. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do the right thing. I want to be in my flesh. And God says, go ahead. Go ahead. And every time I do, I end up frustrated. And I run back to God, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I repent. How many of us, do I do Am I the only one that does this? Or is everybody just going keep with God every morning? How many of us don't take our will back anymore? I'm just going to be up here and honest with you because I'm not perfect. That's why I'm here. None of us are perfect. Some days are better than others. Some days the flesh wins. Some days the devil's all over me. And unfortunately, sometimes he wins. But that, I don't stay there. That's the problem. That's the difference. I don't stay there anymore. I don't stay in the devil's house anymore. I get out of his house. I say, Lord, he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Get behind me, Satan, for it is written. I have to go to Scripture and bring that back to mind when the devil tries to get me depressed in the flesh angry, impatient, and tired. Say, no, the Lord is my strength. He's my shield. Not the world. The world is go, 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 go. Jesus says, sit at my feet and learn. Let me teach you. The world is, how many, how many, how many of us have time to read the Bible anymore? If anything, we try to read it at the end of the day, right? You get through three verses, it's like, Oh, we go. No, he wants the first, the best thing to do, first thing in the morning. Get up there, make it a habit. Read the word of God in the morning while you're fresh, having your cup of coffee. Make it a spiritual discipline in your life. Take amen for this. Try to help you here. Believe me, when you don't put on the armor of God during the day, you're never going to remember any of the scriptures when you go through the day. And you're not going to remember that God is with you through the day. You're going to take matters into your own hands and end up making a mess again. Around and around it goes until we finally learn that God is in control, not me. And I have to wait on Him. Okay. We do not suffer from a lack of anything we don't truly need right now, only because we have Christ as our good shepherd. Even when the supermarket runs out of household essentials <laughs> and the hospital runs out of beds and supplies, we can rest secure in Christ for our most essential need. 
a right relationship with our Creator. That can never be taken from us. Let us seek Him for spiritual strength. Fourth principle. Is everybody with me so far here? Being patient and quiet. Being patient and quiet. One, one thing is current in the current pandemic is cause of all of us is to slow down, okay? Whether we like it or not, we've been forced to hit pause on at least some of our normal pre-coronavirus lives. Now there's less street traffic, well, that's coming back again, less air traffic and less noise all around. But just look at the Times Square in the city that never sleeps. For the first time since maybe ever, the place was almost a ghost town. At one time, because of this pandemic. And what do you think? Do you really think, you know really where that came from? That came from God. To slow down the nation and to return to him. And what do people do? No, they wouldn't come back to God. So he puts them back and life comes back again. And here comes the sports and here comes the things all over again. All the things that we missed. He was trying to stop us, slow us down and say, I need to come first. And people didn't heed the warning, and now it's here to stay. This is the way it goes. God sends it, and God's the one who takes it away. We have to understand the principles, and that's what brings us closer together. What happened? The state made the liquor store an essential instead of the church. Are you kidding me? We're going to depend on the liquor over Jesus and make that an essential? Are you serious? What did that ever do to, to solve any problems in life? It says, wine and spirits. When you drink that wine, you tell me what spirit is coming out. Is it the spirit of God or is it a spirit of what? You know exactly where it comes from. Nothing, nothing good God comes out of us when we do it. So we say there's nothing wrong with it, but if you want the wrong spirit, that will bring you there. The right spirit is what? The word of God. Can I get an amen for this? The essential needed to be the church. That needed to close. People need to get back to the roots of the Bible. And that's the truth. And that's what sets us free. Other than that, we're in bondage. There's something else. Or we depend on something else for our what? Comfort. The Bible is our comfort, not southern comfort. How about a big amen for that? That's what the world uses. The Bible uses the word of God. How about a big amen for that? If you can't say amen, say ouch, because I'm not here to scratch your ears. I'm here to give you truth. The truth is what sets you free. If you're depending on that over Jesus, well then go for it. You're going to see where you end up. But when you depend on Jesus over that, you end up in a much quieter, more restful, more peaceful place. Because God doesn't add any sorrows to it when you read the word of God. You do it the other way, there's a lot of sorrows the next day. Can I get an amen for this? Thank you. Okay. So, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord. Okay, Lamentations 3, 26. I'm going to read these to you. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. Psalm 62, 5. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope, my soul waits for the Lord. 
More than what? Watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. Psalm 135 to 6. Our quiet patience is an important part of waiting for it should drive us to hoping God. Can I get any Methodist? How many of us can stay quiet? Sit down. Sit down for five minutes. And just stay quiet. Just start crawling out of your skin. God says, why? Why can't you rest? Why can't you just rest and be quiet? Why do you always have to be doing something? Because that's the way we're bred around here in this, in this nation. Always go, go, go. When you're sitting down doing nothing, you feel like you're being unproductive and lazy. Well, sometimes we need to rest. Do you remember? Back in the day, on Sunday, nothing was open. You had to rest. You couldn't even get gas. No stores were open. They left it a time for church and a time to be with our families and to rest and recuperate for the work week ahead. Now, now that that's gone, it's go, 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 seven days a week. Oh, how I wish this nation would bring that back. How I wish. That's where my family was the closest. Having Sunday dinner with my family. Praying, thanking God, going to church together. It all what? Poof. You don't see it anymore. And what has it done? It's destroying our nation. People are leaving church. People don't want nothing to do with God. We can be a God to ourselves. We'll make the God we want to make instead of the God making us. How I wish and pray that he would bring that back. Do you? Or do you like to want to go everywhere when you think, I can't wait to go here. No, it's a day of rest. The Bible gives it that for a reason. We need to recuperate mentally, physically, and spiritually. And it's such an awesome time to do that on a Sunday. Think about that now. All right, the fifth principle. Is everybody with me so far? I'm saying these things because I love you. I know, I know what it does in my own life on a Sunday when I want to just relax. It's come to the point where I can't relax anymore. Because it's always go, 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 go. Five, the fifth principle. Refraining from needless fear and worry. How many of us have a lot of fears and how many of a lot of us worry? Worry, worry, worry. And all of us are fearful, fearful, fearful. And you've got to understand, I gave my life to Jesus. Why am I afraid? Why am I always worried? He took away all our fears and all our worries. It's in the Word of God. Why do we do it? Because we're not believing what the Bible tells us. It's unbelief that keeps us from understanding this and enjoying it. It's unbelief that kept the nation Israel out of the promised land. And it's unbelief that keeps us out of the promised land, which now is a state of mind, where there's nothing going on. There's peace, there's joy, there's their level. You're in a place, you're in heaven while you're here. You understand the principle, God's in control, there's no need to worry, there's no need to fear, Jesus has got my back, he's going to take care of it, I am going to rest in assurance of that. Can I get any men for that? That's what spiritual maturity is all about, understanding all that. And that's what the goal of this ministry is, to help you to be able to understand and enjoy heaven while you're here. Fear can be a helpful response the dangerous situations. But it can also be something that overwhelms us and takes our eyes off of Christ. 
No matter our situation, however, Scripture shows us that a part of waiting upon God involves avoiding being controlled by fear and worry. The remedy to our fears is God himself, or the word of God. In Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4, it says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can mere humans do to me? Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4. Now, I want us to go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Okay. Verse 25, Matthew chapter 6. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food? And your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? How about that question, can it? No, it takes away moments of our life. Worry can kill you. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field. And how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Now look at verse 31. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? Now look what it says in verse 32. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Unbelievers, you see it? But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So why would a believer be worrying about the same thing an unbeliever believes is worried about? When the Bible says they dominate the thought of unbelievers, we're believers. Our Heavenly Father takes care of us. Look what it says in verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Or seek the word of God above all else and live the way it tells you. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Big amen there, right? Seek the kingdom, the word of God first, above everything else in your life. And live by the way it tells you to live. And he will give you everything you need. There's a promise right there. How about a big amen for that? But there's two conditions. He's going to come first, and he wants you to live the way he tells you to live. Now it says in verse 34, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Tell me about it. It will. Today's trouble is enough for today. How about a big amen for that? All right, the sixth principle. We're going to get through this today. Continuing to learn and obey God's commands. That's the sixth one. Continuing to learn. 
We never arrive as Christians. We're always learning and growing. Can I get any amen for this? I don't care how many times you read the Bible. You've got to keep reading it over and over again. And more gets revealed. We never arrive. One way we can fight fear and worry is by immersing ourselves in God's word. This was the psalmist undertaken in Psalm 119 for the sake of time. I'll read it. He found peace and comfort in what some might consider a curious place. The law of God. When I think of your rules from old, I take comfort, O Lord. Your statues have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. Psalm 119. When was the last time you or I took comfort in God's ancient rules? Are there statues on our minds and our sojourning are waiting? When we lie in bed at night, do our thoughts of God, law, fill our sleepy heads? Or do we figure, what are we going to do tomorrow? What's going on in our lives? Or is God circulating in our minds when we go to bed? You know what, as well as I do, a lot of stuff that we think about keeps us up at night. Because we're not thinking right. We're not thinking God's thoughts. We're thinking our thoughts and worldly thoughts. So they keep us up at night. Can I get an amen for this? Am I the only one that lays in bed and saying, wow, I can't even sleep. So many things circulating in my mind. Everything but what's supposed to be circulating in my mind. God's word. But I'm a work in progress. I'm getting there. Over time, you know what? You can't, you can't go to sleep? Open your Bible. That'll put you to sleep in, a half, in, in two minutes. You start reading that book, you'll get sleepy. Because the comfort comes from... The, it's not because, because it's boring. It's because it's confident. It's comforting to read the word of God before you go to bed. It reassures us that he's with us. It gets us tired. It gets us sleepy. It's a good thing. It's reassuring us that it's going to be okay. And it is going to be okay, Christian. Do you believe that today? Everything is going to be okay. So smile. We need to show the world that we're Christians, that we believe in Jesus, and he's the solution. Sin is the problem. Jesus Christ is the solution, and the result is a miracle or a changed life. And then remember this, we are new creatures. We love the Lord. We love the place we live. We love the people. We love the unbelieving world. We show them that we love God. We're not bitter. There should be no bitter Christians. We should be all what better in loving each other and comforting each other and showing the world that we belong to Jesus and not the devil. The devil makes us complain and worry and bitter. Jesus makes us what? Relax and comforting. Our words breathe life into people and bring them to church. Other than that, you hear, you hear if you're complaining like the unbelievers, you say, well, church, you go to them. I mean, I don't want to go there. They need to see something different. And all this turmoil going on in the world, we can be the brightest lights there are right now. Saying, guess what? God's in control. Trust in him. You'll be okay. I'm bringing in for that. Amen. All right, we're going to stop there. Thank you for letting me share that with you. The ushers are going to come up to take the collection. Brittany's going to come up and sing, and we are going to close.
day. You want to come up and close this morning? If we all bow our heads. Lord Almighty, there is turmoil in our hearts. There is indecisiveness and impulsiveness in our minds. Every single day, we are constantly tormented by our own temptations, cries that the world may change for the better, Lord. Lord, you know all of these things in our hearts and our minds. You know the struggles we go through each and every single day. Yes, Lord. Help us to be humble. Help us to come before you, Lord, and let our hearts out to you. Help us to come before you, Lord, putting you first to remain faithful to you, Lord, in the trust and all the promises, that all the temptations, all the turmoil, all the issues in our lives, Lord, will be resolved by your hand, as you promised many times before in history, and you will continue to do so throughout our future. Lord, help us to grow in the spiritual maturity and the heavenly wisdom you seek to give us, Lord. Lord, help us to remain faithful. Help us to be patient. Help us to wait on you, Lord, through every single situation. Help us, Lord, to wait out the storm, trusting in you, that you will make all things right, and that is not something you will ever take away from us. That is a fact. That is not a feeling. Help us, Lord, to be reassured by you and to be comforted by you, Lord. And I pray all these things. In your holy and precious name, amen. Amen. Good luck. Thank you, David. The service is over. Go in peace. Until we meet again, have a great day. God bless. Peace.